Dominion Fire 360 is on, my friends. Million here with you, M-I-L-L-I-A-N, your ministry provocateur, iconoclast, firebrand, and the resident heretic here at Dominion Fire, and welcome to another episode of 360. Recently, I did a vlog on the YouTube channel entitled, The Volcano is About to Blow. And in that particular video, the point I was trying to really convey to you is not only to use your discernment, to, to watch what's going on around you in the world today, in culture, news, politics, everything whatsoever. You really have to be focused on looking through the veil, looking kind of between the lines to see what's going on. In that particular vlog about the midway point, I started talking about cycles that happen in history. And I alluded to a 70-year cycle that you see particularly in American history, where we go through these reorganization periods. And um, we talked about, I, I quoted the, the scripture from Timothy where it was the end of the age. I, I may be wrong where I'm looking at it, but, you know, the, the end times and all that stuff. And what I was pointing out to you is that in circular Hebrew thinking, when we talk about the end of things, it's always in a cycle, whereas, again, 70-year cycles, when it comes to the end of them, a change in system tends to happen or a change in structure or some sort of major upheaval happens. And it's the last days, of, the last days, excuse me, is what I meant. The last days of something, the last days of this or that, and leads into something new. And that's where I think a lot of people sort of get a little unclear about what that actually means. Well, we're living in a time right now where we seem to think that this is the worst it's ever been and the country is completely polarized and everybody is just at each other's throat and we're on the precipice of a cultural war and a civil war and this and that. But what I'm trying to tell you is, is that if you pay attention, if you watch your history, which Christians sorely lack their knowledge of history, um, you will notice that this is nothing. This is normal. This has happened before. And when I did that video, I was uh, I gave a few examples, but uh, I was really kind of struggling to make the point. So that is why I'm bringing on my guest today. Now, my guest today is one of my true friends here in the city. This is a gentleman that I've worked with in radio in the past. I absolutely love this guy. We were um, to get working together on three different programs, the Czar series, if you will. There was the Career Czar, the Bible Czar, right? And more, more apropos to this one, the histories are. So this gentleman is a, a friend of mine here for years. We've worked together. We've won radio awards together. He, in fact, is the one, if you know my business side, Producer Million, he's the one that coined that. So there's a lot going on today. But more importantly, this guy is like a history savant. He's kind of nerdy and geeky, but this is he, he's very good when it comes to history. He knows he's like a savant is all I'm saying. And so I, I invited him to come on here and really break this down in a better way. Also a Christian believer, so make sure you take note of that as well. Joining me here in Las Vegas, my bro, guy I absolutely love, Paul Bruno, the czar. Welcome, Paulie. How are you? PM, good to be back with you after... Uh... A long break. That was a very kind intro. I appreciate it. And uh, the feelings are mutual back at you. True friend and love you to pieces. So, however, been... nerdy, nerdy and geeky, <laughs> really? Um, oh, my Did God. I say it's that? so true. It's so, it's, but it's so true. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I said that. I don't know where you're getting that from. But it's been a lot of years. What's it been, six, seven years since we actually did a four? So we're, I'm, I smoked you out of your hole, man. Yeah, it's been it's been over six years. So yeah, yeah, I've been hiding, but somehow you tracked me down. I don't know how that happened. Well, I'll tell you how that happened because what's it? Once a quarter, we meet up and have lunch together. So 
you know, we're, we're, we stay in contact, which is wonderful. So listeners, um, last time that Paul and I met for lunch, we were discussing, we, we discuss a wide range of topics, you know, life and faith and news and culture and politics. We talk about a little of everything. And in our last several meetings, we were discussing patterns in history. The 70-year cycle, as we call it, specifically to American history, and there's a whole separate one for world history, which, Paul, if you want to touch on, you can. But what we ultimately came down to was the topic of today's podcast, which is to be focused on the right kingdom. Now, I would like for you, if you would, to please tell people what you're seeing here, what the whole historical background is, the cycles. Break it down for us. Give us a full report, because this is something I think we need to know. What do you got? All right. The uh, want me to give a little background on me first, uh, PM, and then uh, I'll go into. Nah, nobody's really interested. About. So okay, thanks for that. No, I'm just kidding. yes. Please tell us your background. <laughs> <laughs> That's standard. Uh, just to give people, I have um, my main role has been in management. Uh, I was in the information technology world for a lot of years. I also was in project management. But as uh, producer Million mentioned, I have a also a great interest in history. I do have uh, four college degrees, which means absolutely nothing to anyone, but uh, one of those degrees is a master's in history, and I do want to get, uh, just to mention that I did write one book, uh, Project Management and History, The First Jeep, about the building of the first Jeep. So I have a real background, by the grace of God, obviously, um, in both management and history, and I think that's why it's helped me come up with uh, the... Uh, pattern, which uh, since everyone uh, is a believer, uh, may have been uh, revealed to me by the Holy Spirit. I don't know, but it came to me about 10, 12 years ago of what producer Merlin said about these um, cycles in American history. So I'm going to lay it out for people, and uh, we'll go from there. So, uh, and then I, I haven't noticed this in other countries' history, as I don't know other countries' history as well as the United States, but definitely the United States, uh, this is held. So let's go back to the beginning, and really, if you look when the country was founded uh, with the United States Constitution, uh, George Washington was elected president in 1789. So what most people forget, and I've actually studied this period pretty closely in my historical work, is the 1790s was a very, very divisive time while the country uh, worked out what kind of political system it was really going to have. And you had two major sides, uh, the Hamiltonians uh, and the Jeffersonians. And Hamiltonians represented, uh, excuse me, represented uh, really the federal government being more powerful, where the Jeffersonians was much more about states' rights. And if people think politics is divisive now, they ought to go read about uh, what happened during that decade. But what happened after the first 10 years of the country in the election of 1800, um, uh, Jefferson's party uh, ascended, and basically the Federalist Party went away, and uh, you had a, a system put in place uh, that lasted for about 70 years from 1790, because most Americans will know that in 1860, uh, the country split apart. Uh, the decade before the 1850s was another exceptionally divisive decade. And then the country split apart in 1860. And this particular uh, transition was really uh, a fight between industrial capitalism, represented by the North, and agricultural capitalism based upon slavery in the South. While the South was destroyed, 
Uh, the country went through another period of about 10 years from 1860 to 1870 of uh, transition, and then uh, things solidified up again, uh, really under industrial capitalism. Well, fast forward to oh, exactly 70 years later, after 1860 into 1930. Well, what happened in October of 1929? Uh, the stock market crashed, the economy crashed, and you went into another major transition period, uh, which I've talked about as really large versus small, where progressivism, which had started earlier in the 20th century, uh, really under Teddy Roosevelt and Woodrow Wilson, ascended the majorities that the in that particular period of time that the Democratic Party was given because of the crisis in the 1932 election, um, they could do pretty much whatever they wanted. So they really re-transformed the American contract with the federal government becoming much more transcendent. And that transition took a little more than the normal 10 years. It really was over by 1940 domestically in the United States. But because of World War II, it really didn't solidify into the system that was put in place. You basically had the transition period with the Great Depression uh, really was over by 1940 in the United States, but it took another five years to really solidify into the system that we are currently transitioning from, and that would be 1945. Uh, so if you want to fast forward, then I'm going to make a couple more points, million, to only take another minute or two. So 70 years, we've been in this now, especially starting since 2008. And from my viewpoint, the transition, the decade before the transition of this particular time was started really in 2008 with the crash of, uh, you know, the financial system. But if you look at it, that the 70-year cycle transition, if the pattern was holding since 1945 is when the um, – uh, the system was put in place that we've lived under uh, since since that time would be 2015. Now, you can agree or disagree with this individual or not, but if people would notice, when did Donald Trump announce that he was going to run for president of the United States? Uh, that would be 2015. So we are in the first portion of the transition period uh, from what we were to what we're going to be as a country really started in 2015. Now, if the pattern holds at least the first five years of the, um, of the transition, 1860 to 1865, 1930 to 1935, and even 1790 to 1795, though the second half of that decade was much more divisive, very divisive politics, very uh, difficult politics, very which is exactly what we're experiencing in our politics. The other is what Millian mentioned earlier, exceptional polarization in the political system, which you had in the 1790s, 1800s, and 1930s, which you have now, which is really between progressivism, uh, which is you know the secular, social justice, big government, maybe even a level of socialism. I'm not commenting on which one's right or wrong. That's up for people to decide. And the other side of it in this particular debate is, do we want to have more free market capitalism based upon the Constitution, the Founding Fathers, um, and maybe you know, more uh, a recognition of God's role in the culture? So that's kind of, that's the, 
dichotomy you are living under now, and people are seeing it. And basically, what happened in the other three transitions, one or the other ideology had to transcend. So it was Jefferson um, in 1800. It was industrial capitalism in the 1860s. It was progressivism and big government, big labor, big unions, um, et cetera, and so forth uh, in the 1930s. Where it's going to go, I don't know. Two other points I do want to make. Uh, both are uh, one was that the politics is very decisive. The second is what's the hope that people can have is when these transition periods, at least in American history, ended from 1800 to 1860, 1870 to 1930, and 1945 until now, there was exceptionally more economic and prosperity and wealth that had ever been happened before previously in the country in the history. So these transition periods happen. They're exceptionally difficult to live through. They're exceptionally um, unsettling. Um, obviously, if people really realized what lived through the Civil War, American Civil War, for example, the whole country was transformed from what it had been in 1860 in a short 10 years into something totally different. So that's kind of where we're at, PM. I don't want to belabor that anymore, let you take back, but that kind of sets the framework for what we're discussing today. When we have these various periods of transition, again, people say today, oh, it's so bad, it's so horrible, it's so polarized, which obviously it is in a lot of ways, but this isn't the worst it's ever been. So what in history in the past would represent like a worse time? Like how would it compare and contrast to what we're seeing now? Oh, uh, yeah, great question, PM, as usual. Let me just give one example. We talked about this at lunch the other day. People say, oh, it's so bad. Oh, it's so divisive. Well, people forget because they don't talk about it. So let's go back to, I think it was about 1856, okay? And the Civil War was probably the most divisive, most emotional, most hate-filled period in American history. Well, in the United States Congress, in the House of Representatives at the time, was a South Carolinian named Preston Brooks. And he was in South Carolina was the hotbed of succession and uh, Southern resistance at that time. And he was so enraged by statements made by an abolitionist senator named Charles Sumner. He walked across from the House of Representatives to the Senate and beat Charles Sumner with a cane nearly to death. And it took Charles Sumner years to overcome those injuries. So just when people say, oh, it's, it's so violent, it's so divisive. I always just bring up that particular um, example to say it's, it's been that bad in the past. Uh, the political rhetoric in the 1790s was horrible. They, the, the innuendos and the attacks, especially on President John Adams, was unbelievable. And obviously people know about the union disruptions and things of that nature in the 1930s. But that example of a, a congressman beating a senator almost to death, uh, people have in the past been very divisive and very violent, uh, just like we're seeing uh, played out today. If you look at Antifa or other people, and again, that's not judging anything today's politics, but some of the violence that we've seen. We've seen it before. And real quick, last point, uh, let's see. We lost 600,000 people in the Civil War. They were so divisive and could not solve the problems uh, that they actually started killing each other. So, uh yeah, that's what I try to tell people is this has happened before. Real quick, and from Scripture, uh, that's really uh, not something that, that's not based on Scripture, because uh, what did um, Solomon say? 
in uh, Ecclesiastes. Nothing new under the sun. What are we seeing now? Obviously, we're not at Civil War level, but you had a, a situation where you had pretty much brothers shooting at, a, at brothers and other family members and so on and so forth, which if you've had political discussions at a Thanksgiving table, which is pretty close, but not quite there to that degree yet. And of course, I'm joking. But the point I'm trying to make is, is that what precursors were we seeing to the Civil War back then that maybe is parallel now modern day? Well, yeah, I think what you're seeing mostly is a complete lack of ability for anyone to compromise because the ideologies are so disparate and people are so uh, invested in their ideology. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. That's just how it is that you're seeing it. There's no room. I, I, I literally fall off my couch laughing when every time I hear these pundits go, well, we're going to have to, we have to have more civil discussion and we have to be able to talk about things. I'm like, that's not going to happen, okay? Not in this period, just like it didn't happen in the 1790s, the 1860s, and the 1930s. Um, so the, the precursor really is that, and I think you're seeing that. And, you know, how it's going to play out, I, I'm just not that intelligent. Um, usually you had to have some type of major crisis. Um, in the 1790s, it was these Alien and Sedition Acts that really polarized people, uh, and to the, the fact that they were willing to vote for Jefferson in, in the 1800 election, obviously the Civil War, slavery was the polarizing issue. 1930s, it really was uh, labor and obviously the economy collapsing like it had never collapsed before since. So I don't know. I, don't, I haven't seen uh, the huge crisis moment yet. What it's going to be that's going to basically be very difficult to live through but um, it's going to make people have to make that choice where one or the other ideology transcends. And basically, that's the ideology that we will live under one way or the other uh, for probably around the next 70 years, starting from about, you know, if we look at 2015, so about 2025. And again, the transition periods, um, a little bit of change management here from my management background. Usually you have to have an unfreezing of things. You saw that in the early 1790s, the 1860, 1860, 1865, 1930, 1935. Very difficult period to live through. Everything people have known or a lot of what people have known is, is kind of thrown out, is, is difficult. It's not the same. People do not normally like change, including myself. And then there's a the change happens, and then there's a refreezing. And usually the change and the refreezing is in the second half of the decade. So what we're seeing right now, which people see so much tumult and uh, you know, in our government and in our, our society here, at least in the United States, is we're in that first five-year period, if you really look at it from 2015, and really the 2016 election. So we really only in the first maybe year and a half of it. So there's a lot more to go there. Um, so that's really the, the tr you know, you're in these periods where you see the kind of politics that we have, where there's no real compromise, people are just attacking each other viciously, and there's no real room to compromise. And you could see that again, not rightly or wrongly, just take, let's just take again, examples so people could say are really in this transition. Look at the tax cut bill that was passed. Again, not going to argue the merits of it one way or the other, but the Democratic side, absolutely, from their ideology, not one person voted for it. Okay, not one. And then on the Republican side, obviously, they all voted for it. 
And so that's the kind of device of politics that you, you see. And if you look at the, again, again, not judging it one way or the other, what's been, since Donald Trump was elected, the Democratic Party's um, mode of operandi? It hasn't been, let's see if there's room for compromise. Let's see if we can work together. Let's see if there's anything we can agree on. It's been pure 100% resistance. And again, I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but that again tells me we're in one of those periods that we've been through before, right on time, right in the 70-year cycle. Right in the midst of all this now is, of course, the media. And there's what I stated on the vlog as well, is that there's going to come a time when a lot of dirt and truth come to the surface about a lot of people, a lot of institutions, media, news, things and such as that. But back in the older times that we talked about in the 1700s and so on and so forth, they had media back then. You know, They did have their newspapers and so on. And, and the media has been pretty uh, consistent in those uh, tumultuous times as well. They were equally as brutal as they are now. Is that true? That's absolutely true. But in the 1790s and 1860s, the media was a little different where you had media organs that were on one side or the other. So in the 1790s, you had media organs that were uh, mouthpiece for the Jefferson side and others that were mouthpiece for the Hamiltonian side. Same in the 1860s. Uh, the 1930s, it was a little different because the media was trying to change to be more objective. Okay. Now, what you're seeing here is uh, a guy named Napoleon Hill wrote this in a book in 1925. And he said, if you want to, and I'm going to say this is right or wrong, or if anybody's done this, but people could take this for what it's worth. Now, this was written in 1925, mind you. If you want to make a generation lean a certain way politically, you want to take over three areas, schools, churches, and the media. And some people will argue that the schools, churches, and media in our day here in the United States definitely lean on one side of the political spectrum. So from a media standpoint, what's a little bit different than the other periods is the media, depending on your, per your perspective, right or wrong, is 100% on one side of the divide. And so that is making it a little bit different. But the difference you have now versus those periods is there's other ways for information to get out because of the Internet and other technology options that you didn't have in those other periods so that the other side's message uh, that maybe the media doesn't represent is coming out. Um, and people talk about that, again, which tells me we're in this period, you know, with uh, President Trump's rightly or wrongly use of Twitter, for example. So, uh, yeah, you'll see a lot. Basically, everyone has to go into your point. That's everyone, for lack of a better term. They have to choose a side. You can't stay in the middle. There's no middle. So you basically have to choose a side, and you'll succeed or not. One point, PM, if I can make it real quick. Uh, the other really interesting um, outcome of these transitions is uh, after each one, one of the major political parties would go away, at least from being able to elect a president, for 20-plus years. After Jefferson won the uh, election in 1800, there wasn't another president elected from another political party, which had to form, which was actually called the Whig Party, to 1824, 24 years. After 1816, Abraham Lincoln was elected. There was not a Democrat elected as president. The Republicans basically had the presidency, except for Andrew Johnson, but he was kind of a historical uh, mistake, um, until 1884 with Grover Cleveland. And then lastly, a lot of people might remember this one, 
Franklin Roosevelt was elected in 1932, while the Republicans didn't elect the president again to 1952. So if this transition holds, uh, you might not, you know, one major party and another after the transition is finished, well, if it started in 2016, say, you know, I'm not saying that's going to be the case because you don't know, but at least when the transition was finished or throughout the period after the transition started, um, they, 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 one of the major political parties went away into the wilderness, at least from electing a president, uh, for almost a generation, which is just kind of an interesting footnote. Don't know if that'll happen this time or not, but that's what's happened the last three times. In the vlog, as I was covering this, a sort of a, I guess, a theme that I was hitting upon was as you watch the major changes, like we were talking about before in the older days, it was more of an agricultural uh, mindset in a system. Then there was that seminal event. It changed it to an industrial system. Then what I believe we're into now is more of like a technological system getting away from manufacturing and industrialization. So it's it's interesting how these periods are changing. And as they're happening, as there's almost that seminal moment that's happening in between all that, people flip out as it gets there. And, and it goes to that whole thing you were saying about how people don't like change. And, you know, if you've bought into a system and it's just the way we do stuff – it's very hard to get people to change that, which is, again, back why there's resistance. Now, taking it to more of the faith side of things, as we were talking at lunch, we were talking about the, the concept of uh, being focused on the right kingdom. Now, with that, it's uh, there's a Bible verse about building your house on the rock instead of shifting sands. And what when I was sort of contemplating this for the video I did, uh, Holy Spirit kind of showed me a vision of a pendulum. And he would just show me how it just kind of swings back and forth throughout history and people jump on and off at various points of it. And that just sort of determines where they go. But if you think about it, if you're down at one end of the pendulum, you're swinging all over the place. But if you go at the other end of the pendulum where it's attached, it's pretty stable there. So the, the point I'm making by that is, is that this is the importance of Jesus Christ. This is the importance of making sure that you keep yourself focused on the right things. Now, listen, news is fun. Politics is fun. The trash talking with people. Yeah, it's fun to a degree, right? But at the end of the day, there is, as Paul was saying, you have to make the choice. Now, in this particular case, people that are sort of bought into the world system, this is why everybody's all riddled with anxiety, why everybody's flipping out, why people are screaming at the sky. I'm not real sure what that's about, but people are doing a lot of weird things right now because what they've built their entire life on has been that shifting sand, and it's shifting right now. So, Paul, what can you speak to from a faith perspective about being focused on the right kingdom as this is happening, because it's going to keep happening throughout history no matter what. And that's what I think that that uh, the last days uh, Bible verse that I, that I referenced was all about. The last days of what? You know, the last days of the agricultural system, the last days of the industrial system. The, and there's always that upheaval. So what is the, the best bet to focus on no matter what cycle in history is happening? What do you say? Uh, pretty much mirror what you uh, your point, which was well stated, is what I'll tell people is you can be focused horizontally or you can be focused vertically. And what I'm trying to do during this transition period, and I've been blessed to kind of have maybe an idea of where we're at historically, so I know this is what's going on and that's going to take time, is to stay focused vertically. And for me as a Christian, that's to stay focused on uh, Jesus and the Word. And as you talked about shifting sand, what did Jesus say? Build your, build your house on the rock. So when, not if, the storms of life come, uh, you'll be 
you'll stand and your house will stand. And obviously that uh, firm foundation of rock is Jesus. So staying in the word, the Bible, attending church, keeping your focus in prayer and, and staying in focus on Jesus is to know that his kingdom is forever. And Jesus and the Father are still on their front thrones in heaven. And that, you know, he, they're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, no, you know, it's going to be tough depending on, you know, where things go, uh, but that you can get through it by staying focused on that kingdom. I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm obviously an older man, been around the block a little bit, obviously, if you're a younger person. So for younger people, that would be what I'd say is if you're listening to this uh, podcast is stay calm. You're, and if, and if you're, you know, even if you're older and maybe, you know, you're, where your faith is, but stay calm. I'll just speak to younger people. Know that this happened before and know that once the transition is over, wherever it goes, that at least if the pattern holds, which would be nice if it did, there'll be more wealth and opportunity uh, than there has before in the nation. And so that's kind of what we were talking about and you know, what was kind of the genesis for this particular uh, podcast is everything kind of seems horrible right now, at least United States history, even around the world, but that uh, it's happened before. And that if you're focused on Jesus's kingdom and and getting to know him better, growing in the faith, staying, uh, you know, knowing that his his name and the father's name will last forever. It'll give you, as uh, the Apostle Paul said, hopefully a peace that will pass all understanding and things you can talk to as a Christian, other people to say, well, everything is going horribly. And this is where you have opportunities, like Jesus said, hey, the harvest is is ripe. It's right out in front of you. I think that's in uh, John 4 with the woman at the well. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people that, like you said, their whole world is going to be looking like it's crumbling, and then you can point them to the right person, the right place, and that's pointing to Jesus. So there's a lot of opportunities during these transition periods because it's so unsettling, because everything isn't going well, uh, to evangelize and speak about Jesus to people. So that's kind of the good side of it. And that is why with—I've been sort of hitting on this topic lately, not only with that video, but also expounding further with today's podcast, is that as Christians, guys, you need to hold it together because you're dealing with a God who already told you that he sees the beginning from the end. And when you see the beginning and end, there's really nothing that takes you by surprise. So with all that, if you've read to the end of the whole story, you find out that ultimately our side wins and everything works out really well for us. So so in that, I'm trying to tell you, be cool, be calm. And what you're seeing is not always you know, what you think it is. And another thing that I sort of alluded to a little bit was that in various points of my life, I've seen lots of presidents and leaders and so on and so forth. And there's been a good number of them I, I don't really like. And, the, and your Bible tells you, you know, pray for your leaders, right? The thing that we always prayed for was truth to come to the surface. Now, you know, your Bible tells you that your sin will find you out. And there's an old saying that it all comes out in the wash. So I think now a lot of people are sort of waking up to a lot of things that have been in place for this last 50 to 70 years, as we talked about. All that just layer upon layer of just garbage and crap builds on top of each other. And as it, there's that saying, how far down the rabbit hole do you want to go? You know, some people want to know the whole thing. Some people just are just happy knowing a couple layers and that's as far as they want to go. But what, what I'm trying to tell you, tell you in all this is using your discernment. 
When you see something happen in the news, you need to start questioning it. You need to start looking through it with a spiritual x-ray to really get a feel for what's going on. That's why God gave you this, so that you're not being blown around by all the different doctrines, so to speak, right? So in all this, as and Paul, maybe you can speak to this too, that throughout history, people have always been found out for things that they've done, whether they wanted to or not. And like I said, it, it disrupts a lot of things, not only like the seminal event we talked about, but when people get rocked by someone maybe they like or they admire, and then the truth finally comes out about it, and you're like, wow, this, what a mess this was. That, uh, clearly, that's had to happen through history at some point, right? Yeah, I think what you're driving at is where do people want to put their faith? Uh, if you put your faith, now when I was a younger guy, you know, I'd look at these leaders and, oh my God, it's the president and this, that, and the other thing. And, and I'm not saying I don't respect the officers or respect people that accomplish those things. But in the end of, at the end of the day, to use an overword term, they're just people, sinner, fallen sinners by the grace of God. And there's been only one perfect life lived, one um, that would be, and one perfect individual, the Son of God and the Son of Man, and that would be Jesus. So where do you want to put your faith? Do you want to put your faith in flawed individuals, or uh, no matter what uh, you know, office they hold or not? Or put your faith, like you said, you gave the big picture, uh, in Jesus, who's the same, and the Father, who are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we already know the end of the story from Revelation. Uh, while we're going through these various times throughout history, you know, it's been two millennium since Jesus was here. Who knows when he's going to come back? Um, uh, but that uh, there's always difficult times and maybe less difficult times in human history because we live in a fallen world. And that's, that's the key. I think what you said is absolutely true, is where do you want to put your faith and your focus? That doesn't mean, now Jesus gave explicit, explicit instructions to his disciples and for us. And this is, again, a great way to look at it, which came to mind, is we're to be in the world, but not of the world. So I'm here, I'm living through this transition. I think I have, a, you know, by the grace of God, really, because I don't know why I, I thought of this stuff, um, to know where we are and have an understanding. And like I say, I laugh when everybody says, oh, we're going to have to have discussions and we got to find room for compromise. Not going to happen. Okay. Get over it. But I'm not of the world. So I'm not investing who I am emotionally and more importantly, spiritually in what's going on in the world. I'm investing that in my savior, Jesus, in the word and, 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 and my church. So it doesn't mean, Hey, you could lose your job. Hey, Bad things could happen. The 1930s were not a pleasant time to live through, especially the first five years. So, I'm not going to say it's diff- not going to be. It can be difficult for a lot of people, and so on and so forth. I'm not minimizing that at all. But uh, Jesus always promises to be with us during the difficult times and to see us through and to provide uh, what we need, not necessarily what we want. You know, which usually what we need is food, clothing, and shelter air to breathe and water to drink. And he says the Father will provide those for you if he provides those for the bird of the air. So I think, PM, you got the right, you're just hitting the nail on the head 100%. Where do you want to put your faith at this time? If I can make one other quick point, just as a biblical reference for this 70-year cycle uh, period, is I think it's in the book of Leviticus, but God put in, when uh, Israel was going to be ruled as a theocracy way back in the day, what I think it was called, PM, and correct me if I'm wrong, the year of Jubilee. And it was supposed to happen every 50 years where you canceled out all the debts, uh, re- released all the slaves. You basically had a complete reset 
of the Jewish world, the Jewish economy uh, at that time, every 50 years, which kind of tells me God knows that any kind of system that's put in place by humans or is being run by humans is going to run its course because of our sin, because of our corruption, because of whatever it is, over that two or three generation period, and it's going to reset. And it's basically been 70 years in the United States, but that's another biblical basis for the fact, as you so eloquently stated, we had these reset periods and transition periods from what we were to what we're going to be um, in our own history, but that was built right into the theocracy system by God himself, uh, the year of Jubilee, something people could look up if they wanted to, uh, again, to show that nothing new under sun, and we're uh, you know, going through things that uh, are not necessarily unnatural. On that same vein, a lot of people that are interested in like playing around with some of the numbers and symbolism in the Bible, I kind of depending on where you fall on this, but I was kind of curious, I looked it up, and the number 70, it says 70 has a sacred meaning in the Bible, and this is BibleStudy.org. Uh, 70 has a sacred meaning in the Bible that is made up of the factors of two perfect numbers, seven meaning perfection, and 10 representing completeness in God's law. As such, it symbolizes perfect spiritual order carried out with all power. It can also represent a period of judgment. Well, like we said before, what happens? Just everyday example, someone commits a crime, they go in front of a court, receive a judgment, and if it's a bad judgment, their life changes. It's a whole new change of life. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that there's something more to that. Now, of course, there's a couple other meanings and you can make cases for different things, but I just thought that was interesting. So um, what I'd like to do, Paul, if we if just for a couple minutes, just to sort of contrast a little bit. When we talk about now, this is American history. Now, it's it's very clear, you, you know, you kind of stretch it if you say no, but America is a very unique country in history. I mean, we can't debate that too far. I mean, it's pretty clear that God had something special in mind when this whole thing was set up, you know, and, and a lot of it, I think, is still unraveling and maybe we won't know in this particular lifetime. But the, the patterns, the, the cyclical things that we talked about, you see that in world history, but it's not necessarily the 70 year periods. What patterns have you seen in just like world history with, I think you said the first what decade of a new century, something like that? Yeah, that's another pattern that we don't have to, we can at least overlay on our discussion today that kind of came to me uh, also, was if you at least go back to 1500, that you can see that the first 10 years of a new century uh, is kind of a, just a play out or a petering out of this world system that was in place uh, prior, for the prior century. And then in the second decade, the, you have one of these whole 10-year transition periods where a new world system is built. And then by the, sec, you know, say, the 20th year of the new century, that system is in place, and it basically lasts for 100 years. Um, a good example, I'll, I'll use the most recent example because it's, it's a really good one. Um, if you look at the period of 1900 to 1910 on the world stage, it really was a play out of the 19th century England was still dominant, so on and so forth, but major changes were taking place. Uh, the whole thing blew up uh, with World War I in 1914 to 1918, and by 1920, you had a completely different world system in place uh, than you had even 10 years before. Uh, you can see the same thing if you want to go back, and we want to do some esoteric history for people today. 
uh, Genoa and Venice were the two major powers in the in the uh, 15th century, and you can think of Christopher Columbus, 1492, even though he sailed, sailed for Spain. But between 1500 and 1510, that system kind of played itself out. And then in the 1510 to uh, 1520, really marked by Cortez's conquest of Mexico, Spain really ascended. Okay, And Spain was the major power for the 1500s. Uh, if you look at 1600 to 1610, Spain was fading. Uh, Jamestown was founded in 1607 in, in, in the Americas. And basically, between 1610 and 1620, you had a lot of evil. But England and France ended up transcending for the 1600s. Uh, you had the same kind of thing, which I won't go into, between 1710 and 1720. And lastly, if people remember the Napoleonic period, uh, played out for the first part of the 19th century. Napoleon fell. Uh, you had the Congress of Vienna in 1815. And that system put in place in 1815 really lasted almost exactly 100 years uh, to the beginning of World War I. Now, what's interesting, why you know, PM bring this up, is this is the first time that you're, we're, the United States is going through one of our own 70-year transitions. Well, I think you could make an argument in the second decade of this century, a new world system is trying to come into place. It hasn't been as violent necessarily as it has been in the past, but... Uh, I think what took place, the 20th century world system definitely played itself out between 2000 and 2010. And we've been in this transition period really uh, from, you know, about 2010. Maybe it'll take a little bit longer. So we've got to go through two transitions as a country. So people in the United States are not only seeing everything that they've kind of known domestically uh, change, but also the international system is changing. So that makes it a kind of a double whammy on the stress level because you're going through two major transitions uh, in, the, you know, in the United States uh, that, that's never happened before because the other two happened uh, before, you know, 1790, 1800, 1860, 1930s. They weren't in the second decade of a new century. So, again, it really emphasizes your point, the theme of this particular uh, uh, discussion Stay focused on Jesus' kingdom because you're going through a double whammy of transition. We could talk more about the world history probably on another day, but it definitely is is, is an added point to the level of stress uh, which you're emphasizing in your discussion today, PM. That answer is exactly word for word what I had in my mind. We're exactly on the same page with that. Even though even the phrase double whammy, I was like, I was ready to use it and you stole it from me. You totally stole my thunder, man. <laughs> All right. Now, for the but, most important point today for your people is with Millian <laughs> saying that he needs to be afraid. He needs to be very afraid. <laughs> we are thinking the same. We are thinking the same. You might need some counseling, PM. We'll talk next time, see if we can help you out with that. <laughs> oh, boy. But yes, that was exactly the point was, is that why does it seem extra? I mean, we're living in historic times. I mean, you, you can't deny that. And, you know, people are going to be talking about this in the history books way from now, you know. And with all that, that's a, the reason I brought that whole thing up is exactly that. I wanted to sort of show that there's not only the American, but the world. And since our culture and media and politics influence most of the world, something big is happening. Again, the volcano is about to blow, which is why I did that video and titled it that way. Now, uh, one last thing uh, that I would just want to get your insight on, and I've sort of been torn apart by people on social media for saying this. 
But if historically you look at the world and you look at our country, how people behave, how people act, and so on and so forth, that from the, you know, 1300s, even back to biblical times, 13s, 15s, 17s, and modern day, I often bring up that uh, the Bible verse of the increase in peace of his government, there's going to be no end, meaning that we're continually progressing forward in a better direction. Whereas many Christians feel that, oh, it's just getting worse and worse and everything's falling apart. But in historical context over time, the amount of wars are decreased. Now, I'm not saying the world's perfect. Don't, don't misunderstand me. What I'm saying is, is that we're decreasing, for instance, the amount of wars and the amount of deaths and the amount of human suffering and cruelty and just things as a, as a general whole. Again, not perfect, but we have to keep continually progressing forward to better things. So when I say that overall things are improving as opposed to declining, would I be right or wrong, Paul? Yeah, you'd be right. Uh, definitely from an economic and wealth standpoint, okay? Even your, and there's still major impoverished portions of the world, but in no other time in history, especially in the last 70-year cycle in the United States, but even around the world, you have your first world countries, have the average individual been able to live so well. And, and PM and I were talking about that at our most recent lunch. You look at modern conveniences that even just an average Joe Schmo like myself has compared to what, let's just use Franklin Roosevelt had at Hyde Park, it's just not even comparable. Refrigeration, microwave, <laughs> uh, television, you know, so on and so forth. So I think that's absolutely correct that, you know, by God's grace, uh, there's been an increase in wealth around the world and many more people living better uh, economically. But if you look at it spiritually, my own opinion is it's about the same. There's as much evil now as there's ever been. People say, oh, it's so much more evil now. People are so much terrible. Oh, our, you know, and, our, and in the United States culture, in some senses, at least what you see, let's just talk United States, uh, you know, culturally, some people could think, oh, it's so much worse than it was. Well, a lot of this stuff that people see now, maybe in the 1950s was there, but people just didn't see it because you wouldn't talk about it. Um, real quick tangent on that. A woman, a friend of mine wrote, her autobiography, and in that autobiography, and she's 70, and she talked about, you know, having some bad things happen to her. She was basically molested back when she was a kid. Now, I only bring it up to say, we hear a lot about that now. It was still stuff like that was going on. You just didn't have it. So I think from an evil standpoint, and then you look at, well, look what happened in the 1940s, the Holocaust, for example, or... Mao's uh, killing, you know, Stalin starved 6 million Ukrainians in the 1930s, for example. So I think from an evil standpoint, my own feeling is it's people just as evil, bad or good as they've always been. There's good, there's bad. And that maybe ebbs and flows to some degree, uh, but at least from an economic standpoint, we're doing pretty well. And if you want to go all the way back and use a really good example from the Bible, as <laughs> uh, things getting so bad morally, spiritually, uh, the book of Judges, what happened in the book of Judges? Israel would fall, they'd come back, they'd fall further, they'd come back, they'd fall further, come back. And at the end, of the book of Judges basically said everybody was doing their own thing, which, you know, 1960s, how many thousands of years later, what did everybody, oh, we want to do our own thing. So I think from a spiritual standpoint, again, uh, my point, uh, it's about the same, so people don't panic, okay, don't panic. God is still on his throne, there's still good people, there's still good going on. Eh, there's going to be bad going on. Maybe we see a little bit more of it. 
And PM, if you give me another just 30 seconds, make another point about American history while I'm thinking of it. People are like, oh, you know, uh, you know, Franklin Roosevelt was really criticized, so on and so forth. And, you know, obviously, current president gets a lot of criticism. You may get this answer. Who was the number one most criticized and hated president in the United States history out of the 40 some plus that we've had? Lincoln. Abe Lincoln. Absolutely yes. correct. He See, was, guys, I know my history. Thanks straight, you do. He was vilified. He was so hated, 11 states left the Union. And by unfortunately, he was assassinated. So again, a president being completely hated and vilified is not necessarily a new thing. Not saying it's a good thing, but it's not a new thing. Just to further that point, um, American history, because that's, you know, that's where we are currently. A lot of the things that people are perceiving that the media is running with or how they're getting their news and information I ju- and this was also part of that vlog, too. I just want to point out to you that a lot of this evil that you're seeing and things are getting worse and people doing horrible stuff. Just remember, and I think this is, I, I think this will come to the surface in time, that a lot of this isn't just people being evil to each other as much as it's deliberately set up for a variety of purposes. It's deliberately staged for a variety of reasons. So, you know, some people refer to it as conspiracy. Some people may say false flags, whatever term you wish to use. I don't care. But I think there's more than meets the eye. Again, back to the whole thing. Use your discernment when you see something on the news and everybody's flipping out. Got to read between the lines because the media will not give you the full story. This is why Holy Spirit does this for you, because he wants you to know the truth, right? That's what this whole thing's about is truth. And um, I think that a lot of people are better than we give them credit for. I think humans are better than we give them credit for in a lot of cases. And this is unfortunately a plague on Christians. It's it's always about everything we're doing wrong and correcting things. And it's just like a kid. If I have a kid and all I do is tell him how bad he is, all he does is after a while embrace it. And that's just how he runs with it. So I, I think that the fundamental change needs to happen for us in that sense, in just perception of ourselves and who we are and you know, for instance, America's so bad and so satanic and the whore of Babylon, blah, blah, blah. We send out missionaries to this whole world and have for like our whole history all over the world. You know, sowing and reaping's got to play a role in this somewhere. We got to reap something out of it, right? So I, I don't think we're quite as bad as we like to think we are, but I do think a lot of it's by design. And I think a lot of that will come to the surface. So just something to keep in mind. Make sure you pray about it. Think on it. Read your Bibles, as, uh, as Paul was saying. The point I want to make that, that uh, off of what PM was saying in terms of you know, the United States is a good country, da-da-da-da-da. There's good people, there's bad people, like any other country. But like, from a Christian perspective, this always, when, you know, things have been going on the last 10 years, with me at knowing is, I'm like, I absolutely believe from the Bible that God would not give up on the United States of America right now. Why do I say that? Not because of anything we've done, other than there's millions of people in the United States who are Christians, and not saying people who are not Christian or bad or anything like that, don't mean it that way, but at least from a Christian perspective, love God and love Jesus. And what did God say to Abraham 4,000 years ago? He said, if there was at least five good people in Sodom, I wouldn't destroy it. So I think that can give us some hope to say, not that we're perfect, not we don't deserve God's love or grace by any stretch of imagination, other than the goodness that we have because we love Jesus, but that there's still millions of people that love God, love Jesus in the United States, that are doing their best to follow him. And I don't think because of what God said about Sodom and Gomorrah that um, he would uh, give up on us. So um, just, just a point I wanted to make about what you're saying about, you know, we are a little, we are somewhat definitely a unique country in this 
and you know, in history, people take some people take umbrage to that, but I think there is some case to be made for that. So keep the faith on that too, people. That when you go to church and you see, you know, hundred, two hundred, or I go to church, four thousand people singing praise to Jesus. God sees all that, and He's not going to give up on us if we, uh, you know, we don't give up on Him. Well, to that same point, just uh, something that I, I kind of notice in all this is that. For this last period, the end of the cycle that we're in, um, slowly, Christianity has been kind of pushed down by culture and society, and it's been persecuted in a way, and it's under heavy persecution in media right now, for instance. But what I guess what people don't realize is that Christianity thrives under persecution. It's that Streisand effect that the enemy can't seem to figure out and get through his head throughout history. Every time you persecute us, we grow. And what I think is happening now, it's it's interesting. For instance, around Christmas time, people were actually saying Merry Christmas and not like blinking about it. After we had the shooting here in Las Vegas, I was down at the Vegas sign where they had some of the memorials. There was a church that showed up with guitars. They were singing worship songs. Miss Nevada was right there on the Las Vegas Strip singing worship songs with them. They're the beauty pageant contestant. Then you see what's going on in movie theaters right now. There's Christian movies that are making bank and people are going to see in droves. So I think what's happening is maybe that a little bit of that shell is breaking where people are starting to come out more about their faith and talk more openly. You're just you're starting to see the seeds of that being planted everywhere. So I just to kind of tie on to what Paul was saying, I think that's really interesting. It's 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 great to see, especially here in, you know, quote unquote, Sin City, which we call Saint City here. but. It's interesting to see that, and uh, you know, we got churches aplenty here, so there, there's something to be said for it. If you look at, if we say the 08 to 18 was like the birth or the period before the real transition starts, that there could have been some level of difficult times there for Christians, and yeah, that now that things are changing, there's been more, uh, you know, persecution, you know, for lack of a better term, and not like you've seen a lot of the world. Um, that you see someone come out, but people need to remember that Christianity started with the persecution of the ultimate person of Christianity, and that would be our Lord and Savior Jesus, because he was crucified. <laughs> so your point is very well. Our whole faith was born of persecution by God's divine plan, uh, divine divine plan and brilliance, okay? Because that persecution led to the cross, but the cross led to the resurrection. So absolutely. So we'll see where it goes. But yeah, I've seen the same thing where people are feeling a little more comfortable to express their faith uh, in the face of being uh, insulted or persecuted, for lack of a better term, uh, for it. And just to kind of wrap it back up, as we said, nothing new under the sun, guys. So hold it together. Be cool. Keep it together. And and I, I keep telling you, there's going to be people who and, and it's this going to come out in the church too. a lot of the mega churches, a lot of mainstream beliefs. A lot of people are going to be shaken, guys, and you need to hold it together, because if we're not there for everybody, who is going to be? That's the question. You really think that through. Who's going to pick these people up if it's not us? And the answer is not pretty. I'll let you figure that out. Holly, if people would like to contact you, maybe ask some more questions, follow up, compare history notes. Uh, is there a good way to contact you? Email, website, Facebook, anything such as that? Um, do you have uh, a web, uh, excuse me, an email for your show or anything like that, PM? Or They can go to dominionfire.com. There's the contact form right there that they can use. And if you message Paul, I can pass it on to, to him easily. 
Yeah, I think that's the best way, you know, best way to go. If anybody has any uh, questions or wants some further information, do it through uh, Millions website because that's what we've done this show on today, and uh, that'll work really, really well. So, um, very good. There's a point you said early just now that I, I lost my thought train of thought on, but um, the key is, and I'll let you wrap it up, Million, after I make this final point. Um, the theme of this show, with all that we're talking about, hopefully you gained a good perspective from where we are in United States history, a little world history in there, but that ultimately the true history is of our Savior, of Jesus. And while we're going through this difficult transition, if you happen to be a United States citizen, stay focused on the right kingdom. Well, I want to thank you for being here. It's been a pleasure. I always love our conversations. We Listeners, you don't understand. We sit at lunch. We talk for hours and hours, and it's always good stuff. So uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for spending a little time chatting with our audience and helping me fill in some of the blanks because, you know, like I said, I made some points, but I, I didn't feel 100% about it. So I'm glad you you could back me up on that. And listeners, I want to thank you, as always, for hanging with me. I know it's a long show today, but again, such good information. And anytime, check out the website, dominionfire.com. You can message us there and send us a message or a message for Paul if you'd like me to pass it on to him. The vlog is at youtube.com forward slash Church. It's called The Volcano is About to Blow, and that's uh, it's about a half-hour video, but it's a lot of stuff similar to this, so you can get a feel for where I'm coming from if you want to fill in some of the blanks. And make sure this particular podcast, soundcloud.com forward slash Dominion Fire. Tons of other podcasts, including Heal the Sick. I got another one in the works, which I'll tell you about later on. But everything is located at dominionfire.com. And make sure you check out our Telegram channel at, at t.me forward slash Dominion Fire. And it's all there. So for Paul Bruno, our resident historical expert, this is Million here wishing you a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Hope you're happy. Hope you're blessed. Keep it together. Be cool. Be calm. Boom goes Yeshua, and we'll see you next time.